day, you beautiful people. If you have listened to my intro, you know this podcast is all about the colors of life. And the color of my first podcast episode is orange. Generally, orange is associated with happiness, creativity, fire, and of course with fall. It is also a fashion trend for this fall-winter collection, so if you have not rocked your orange jacket just yet, you should give it a try before the season ends. However, I'm not here to talk about all of these things, of course. As you've may noticed, on social media especially, we are right in the middle of the 16-day activism against gender-based violence. Now I wonder how many of the people that recently put an orange frame on their Facebook profile picture or Instagram know how serious this issue is. So let me walk you through it. First, let me give you some figures so you can get the general picture, because I think numbers say a lot. Globally, 35% of women have experienced physical and or sexually intimate partner violence or sexual violence by a non-partner. 70% of women and girls have experienced sexual harassment, many of these happening on the streets or at their workplace. 137 women are killed by a member of their family every day. Adult women account for nearly half of all human trafficking victims detected globally with young girls making another 20%. And just a side note here, in Europe, girls and women make up to 90% of these numbers. And last but not least, 1 in 10 women in European Union report having experienced cyber harassment since the age of 15. Wow. And the list could go on and on. And every time I hear the statistics, I honestly get chills. Gender-based violence is deeply rooted in gender inequality, the abuse of power, and harmful norms. Yeah, we should be honest here and acknowledge that certain laws do not help to fight the gender-based violence. Gender-based violence, or let me call it GBV just to make it shorter, continues to be one of the most notable human rights violations within all societies. I know lots of people think Europe and Global West in general do not struggle with gender inequalities to such extent as Global South. But hello, here I am telling you that women and girls make up to 90% of victims of human trafficking in Europe. 
And actually, majority of these victims are usually European citizens. Workplace harassment is still pretty much common in Europe too. True is, you will hardly see headlines talking about gender-based violence in suburb London or the increase of sexual harassment cases at workplace, but just because media and state organizations do not talk about it openly, does not mean thousands of people do not live it. So indeed, it is a global issue that we should all try to pay attention to. One of the simple definition of gender-based violence is that it is a violence directed against a person because of their gender. Well, when I was reading through the statistics and reports, I did miss one thing. Where the men at? Obviously, we all know women and girls are still more prone to become victims, but yet we have to acknowledge the fact that men and boys are experiencing the same issues, leaving them sometimes in more difficult situations. Now you might ask yourself why. Well, even though we are in 21st century, the social stereotype of women being victim and men being perpetrator is stronger than ever, at least in my opinion. With all these campaigns like hashtag me too or hashtag men are trash, we tend to see only one part of the picture. Now, let me be clear here. I'm not questioning the legacy of these campaigns, nor apologizing the perpetrators. What I'm trying to say is, if we want to speak equality, we need to speak about women, men, boys and girls. Just to support my arguments, let me give you some numbers again. One in nine men experience severe intimate partner physical violence. One in four men have experienced some domestic violence such as beating, pushing or anything more aggressive and also a mental violence. Men make up to 44.9, so almost 45% of victims of rape in the United States usually raped by an acquaintance or family member. One in four male prisoners globally have experienced sexual harassment by a warden or another prisoner. And globally, 58% of boys at school are bullied and they are likely to get bullied physically. So here you have it. And I, I have not made these statistics in my head, obviously. Actually, I advise you to look from time to time on the UNHCR pages or the European Institute of Gender Equality or any other human rights agency in your country just to update yourself. Now, there is one more thing we should talk about and that's gender-based violence in conflict-affected areas. Something I would love to talk about in a little more depth. So hold on and stay tuned. 
Welcome back, everyone. Before the short break, I touched upon the issue of gender-based violence in conflict-affected areas. Men and women are more likely to become victims of GBV in conflict-affected country. War creates trafficking victims. Zones of conflict are characterized by lack of basic human security, and there is practically no rule of law. People are physically unprotected from the violence of combatants or non-combatants alike and have no legal protections or remedies because of the dysfunction of the legal systems. Normal life is disrupted, poverty prevails, social systems break down. In many cases, the economies of war and crime intersect and reinforce each other. War commanders or we can call them lords, may run criminal enterprises to fund their activities. Criminals take advantage of the absolute powerlessness of civilian populations and expand their exploitative actions. Many of the wars in the world today are being fought by irregular armies in which patterns of enslavement still prevail. These combatants used forced labor, conscripted child soldiers, and sexual slaves. Therefore, the patterns and economies of trafficking and GBV are established and nourished in zones of conflict. These patterns persist in region even when conflicts have come to an end. Because of the lingering effects of social and legal disruption and the peculiar economies of these regions. Post-conflict regions can be areas of origin for trafficking victims as well as destinations and zones of transit. Furthermore, what I found really shocking is that, according to the research conducted in 2008 in Liberia, the former combatants, whether male or female, experienced higher rates of exposure to sexual violence than non-combatants. And this trend has been observed in other states that are or have been affected by conflicts such as Democratic Republic of Congo, Colombia, former Yugoslavia. Generally, GBV in conflict-affected areas is not only a side effect of the conflict, but it is a tool how to humiliate and dominate over certain groups. In many cases, sexual violence against men is strategic welfare pattern. Unfortunately, the stories of sexual violence are complicated and tend to be oversimplified. With war comes refugees. They're among the 60% of victims of human trafficking and usually they are trafficked for sexual exploitation or forced labor. Asylum seekers arriving in refugee camps in Brussels or Greece, for example, after a long dangerous journey suffer mostly from respiratory, skin and digestive diseases, but many experience certain type of harassment throughout the journey. Therefore, we should not only talk about refugees as mainstream media pictures them. Um, I wonder if I have ever seen a news feed covering the actual issue. Mm, I guess I have not, so here comes the Greta report. 
Greta, in full name, the group of experts on action against trafficking in human beings, is the monitoring body of Council of Europe. In other words, they report on the implementation on the Convention on Action Against Trafficking in Human Beings. Even though they are not very popular, they are very essential. They publish yearly reports and monthly meeting minutes, but most importantly, they cooperate with the states, civil societies, and international organizations on creating better conditions to fight human trafficking. In the latest report, that's 2019, they found out that the most vulnerable group to be trafficked are refugees. Victims are recruited in their own country through false promises of job, opportunities, better life conditions, and protection in Europe. However, in many cases the victims fall into debt with their traffickers and are forced to repay them through prostitution or forced labor. Survival sex is also a feature of refugee life in some countries of Asylum, particularly before assistance and protection mechanisms are established. Further complicating matters for women in a massive refugee displacements or ongoing situations of conflict, the presence of international actors, including foreign troops or non-governmental staff and other outsiders, creates demand for sexual services. While disparities of power and resources are great, this can result in forced or coerced sex. Prostitution is sometimes one of the only ways refugee women and their families can make money. And the voluntary nature of such labor is highly questionable, because there is practically no any other alternative source. What is even more alarming is the rising trend of refugee women being forced to marriage or pregnancy, even in countries of European Union. Men, on the other hand, are being detained and forcefully sent back to their states of origin, not allowed to have the same rights for shelter and better life in a country, just because they are men. Families are being torn apart because you can hardly see refugee accommodation that facilitate the whole families. We tend to think once refugee arrives to detention center or refugee camp, they are at safe place, but it's quite the opposite. Men, especially refugee men, as I have mentioned before, do encounter sexual harassment and exploitation. I would even argue that in some cases, for a man to come up and speak about it is much harder than for a woman. They are usually marginalized because they do not fit into the social constructed masculinity. As many articles show, men that cannot provide for their family and that do not have a job, they tend to be overlooked by the society and struggle with their own feelings of failure sometimes causing a deep depression. On the other hand, in many communities, women that are being raped or forced to prostitutions 
are facing stereotyped comments from the society and even their family members. Then the question is, how can these people integrate back to the society? Clearly, the best way to reduce trafficking risk for refugees is to provide them with a durable solution that offers permanence, legal status, safety, and a means of economic support. Well, of course, to fight the GBV, legal precautions are also one of the equipment. For example, the Security Council of UN adopted Resolution 1325 on Women, Peace and Security in 2000. Taking into consideration the significant harm of GBV under the conflict, calling for the protection of girls and women from any forms of violence, including GBV. Subsequently, seven related resolutions have been adopted. Resolution 1325 also calls on member states to formulate national plan of action. At present, 77 member countries have already drafted their NAPs, with 63 already implementing them. The Sustainable Development Goals incorporate the vision and goals such as no one will be left behind, promote peaceful and inclusive societies for sustainable development, provide access to justice for all. All these goals are closely related to GBV prevention and management in conflict-affected areas. In 2018, the International Organization for Migration signed off into the Real-Time Accountability Partnership Action Framework. This framework is a multi-agency initiative seeking to establish humanitarian commitments on GBV in emergencies into concrete actions that lead to results in the field and promote system-wide accountability for GBV. In other words, the International Organization for Migration have established a framework that would help all agencies and humanitarian sector to spot gender-based violence and take actions against it. Well, that being said, Gender-based violence is not only a regional problem, but it also affects communities, countries. It is a global issue indeed, affecting both men and women, children, adults, and the most vulnerable groups, such as refugees. I have been throwing at you a lot of numbers, but what is important here is that these numbers represent a human being. To end on a little bit positive note, Let's look on what have been done and what we as individuals can do. Let's start with what have been done. Overall, the number of identified victims of human trafficking and domestic violence have risen to 40% in Europe with some states being close to 70%. The states have established units that are focused mainly on illegal migration and human trafficking. Some countries have increased the sentence for rape and domestic violence, such as Sweden. There is an institutional effort 
coming mainly from UN and Council of Europe, to fight human trafficking, illegal migration, both going hand in hand with gender-based violence. There are more countries offering free of charge consulting and help to the victims of domestic violence. There are also more countries offering free of charge consulting for refugees. Many policymakers are focused on cultural changes, such as strong leadership in military and policy forces, where commanders are selected, bearing in mind the gender equality. The role of mentors and networking have been implemented on certain levels, which enhance the cooperation between agencies and motivates women to join them. Now, what we as individuals can do? There are so many things. First, I honestly think we should all educate ourselves and our friends and family how to spot gender-based violence. Talk about it and remember that it is not only women that experience that, but men do too. Be critical about what you read and what you see not always everything reflects the reality. Misinformations are actually very common during the 21st century. Support the victims of gender-based violence because it is extremely hard to come up and speak about it. In so many cases, society blames the victims not knowing they can hurt them as much as the perpetrators did. Rethink gender. Do not always stick to the man being strong and violent and woman being fragile souls concept. Think about groups like refugees, LGBTQ, women in military, men at paternity leaves, because these groups have to overcome a lot of obstacles to prove themselves and fit into the society. And lastly, be kind and respectful to each other, especially during COVID-19 times. It does not cost much to ask your friend or neighbor, Hey, how have you been? Do you need help? Do you want to have a chat? Little things matter. I truly hope you enjoyed this first episode and feel a little more informed and maybe inspired. Looking forward to talk to you again.